1470, 100.3 WMBD. Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, I'm not supposed to play as much audio as I'm going to play, uh, and I'll interrupt it as we go here. But I got like two minutes, 28 seconds of the CBS evening news coverage interviewing IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley, uh, the lead investigator in the Hunter Biden case that said they didn't let us do our job. Uh, and he said it multiple times, and he said it to multiple people now. Uh, CBS, even though it, it's in the uh, world that I would and I think a lot of people would refer to as legacy media or left-leaning media, uh, this is the second time now that at least in the world of Hunter Biden, uh, CBS has decided, hey, this story is eventually worth covering. Uh, maybe not as quickly as some would like, but eventually uh, we're here and we're at least going to be a part of this. So if something goes down, if the uh, Biden family winds up uh, being demonstrated to all Americans and not just uh, conservative Americans uh, to be a corrupt uh, group of people, uh, then at least we've talked about these things. And I want to play a lot of it so I'm not accused of uh, picking and choosing my moments here. Uh, so this is, uh, I think, pretty much the beginning of the report uh, where Gary uh, Shapley, the uh, IRS whistleblower, is speaking. It'll have the news coverage, all the things you're used to having. Because, again, I don't want anyone to accuse me of only playing a portion of this audio to further my narrative. I want to put it out there, since this is legacy media, or at least what it's referred to as legacy media, uh, that this, these are their words, uh, not mine, people. Here we go. If this was any other person, they likely would have already served their sentence. Gary Shapley was a lead IRS supervisory agent in Operation Sportsman, the investigation into Hunter Biden. Shapley said he uncovered conduct that warranted more serious charges. There were personal expenses that were taken as business expenses prostitutes, sex club memberships, hotel rooms for purported drug dealers. How much did Hunter Biden owe in taxes? So from 2014 to 2019, it was $2.2 .2 million. Oh! The back taxes were paid off. And last week, the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in Delaware, David Weiss. Trump-appointed. They love to say Trump-appointed, by the way, uh, which I find amusing because the uh, whistleblower that's sitting in front of CBS News and even actually the person they're referring to have made claims that they weren't allowed to do their job by the people above them who were not Trump-appointed. But let's continue. Agreement with Hunter Biden. The president's son would admit to a firearm charge and plead guilty for his failure to pay taxes. If a judge signs off, the deal means no jail time. Testimony we have just released details a lack of U.S. attorney independence. And Shapley told lawmakers that U.S. attorney Weiss was blocked from bringing stronger charges. But U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland said last week -uh. that Weiss was not. <laughs> I'm saying he was given complete authority to make Saturday. all decisions Fine. on his own. Yeah, but And Weiss has said, um, at least in one, I think, letter that he sent to uh, members of, uh, of this oversight committee, that he was given the ability to do whatever he wanted. However, it seems like he might have contradicted himself there in some of the things he was communicating behind the scenes. Uh, that is at least the accusation being made by a whistleblower, who just because I say that they're a whistleblower... I'm not pretending as though whistleblowers don't lie uh, sometimes, that they don't say things uh, that wind up being untrue. Uh, but just the fact that this is finally getting covered somewhere, still missing from a lot of other places, should be more valuable to help those that believe every part of this is just a conservative, witch hunt, made up, uh, bull, whatever sort of stuff. Uh, understands that it really doesn't appear to be that way. And, and I'll say this before I play any more of the audio, and I do want to play more. We're only a minute in, and I want more CBS coverage of this uh, on the show today. I will say that I, I believe one of the bigger challenges we face in society right now 
is uh, – and I don't know how rare this part is. A lot of people have opinions. Uh, we've always had a lot of opinions. Uh, the problem, at least to me more recently, is the idea that you can outright reject anyone else's opinion, anyone else's uh, a feeling based on what their political party alignment might be, uh, whether it's Democrat or Republican. If you're on the opposite side – None of what they say matters is is the prevailing wisdom, it seems, more often than not in society. And it simply does one thing and one thing that's the, the biggest problem. It allows the people that you trust to do a whole bunch of crap behind your back and never have to explain it because you're not asking any questions. It allows Democrats to do bad things and Democrats to still support them, Democratic voters to still support them and vice versa. I'm not claiming that doesn't exist on the uh, conservative side of the aisle, too. But this is a great demonstration, I think, of just how deep this goes. And actually, I'll say one more thing. And I, I planned on maybe not saying this or saying this later on in the show at some point before I get back to the audio. But I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine, uh, a buddy of mine that I would describe as very liberal, uh, so much so that at one point he wrote an article about how he was a millennial who was going to vote for um, uh, Bernie Sanders and he wasn't an idiot. And that article got picked up by Huffington Post and other places. So he's a published liberal, I guess, or at least uh, Internet published. I don't know if Huffington Post really counts. And I was asking him about Hunter Biden and why he just doesn't care, just dismisses it. None of it matters. I'm not listening. I, it's, it's no way that it's true. And eventually I landed on a thing and I, I said it a different way. And it seemed that my friend uh, changed his opinion at least a little bit to say that he would he would look into things more. And this is what I said. And this is this is honestly true. This is the best comparison I can make. And even though this radio show might make you think that I live and breathe politics all day long, it's actually not like the first thing I gravitate toward uh, on my own day to day life. I pay attention to sports. I pay attention to other stuff. I, I follow politics because of the gig I'm in, uh, not because it's my my preference, uh, which might at times benefit me, at times maybe not. Um, but I told him that when I first found out about the horrible things that happened in the world of the Catholic Church, the things that were covered up, the things that were hidden, I didn't want to believe them. It's not that I immediately rejected them because um, I was younger. I was 15, 16, I think, and in high school when I found out, and I've told the story on the air before that I just so happened to be at – a confession at school, and I went up to a priest, and instead of confessing anything, I just asked the priest how I could stay a Catholic, how I could remain part of the church uh, with this level of conspiracy uh, or this level of actual controversy uh, and horrible things, as we all know them to be now, happening behind the scenes. And I've shared the whole answer he gave about how faith is is different than the people who are, are a part of said faith, so abandoning faith because of um, the the horrible actions of, of humans isn't necessarily something that makes sense in the world of faith. But the reason I'm bringing all this up is that I think in today's world, and we have so many people who don't consider themselves to be religious, and I'm not blaming uh, that as the reason why, that I think a whole lot of people now worship at the altar of politics. Your political opinion is really more the way that people used to think their faith uh, might have defined them or might be uh, tied to their identity so much. And so my friend, I think, is really acting the way I would act about Catholicism, about um, um, Democrats, about politics. And so for that reason, it's so hard to believe that the behind the closed doors of the people that you support, the people that you think are are fighting whatever good fight against the bad guys that you're convinced is the other team, you just reject the idea that there could be a whole bunch of awful stuff going on. And that's just my assumption. That's just my guess. But I articulated it that way with my own version of accepting something I didn't want to be true. 
And I, I seem to have reached him at least a little bit to to pay more attention, especially since CBS was covering this story. But I want to get back to the audio. I want to get back to the conversation because quite a bit more comes out in the other minute plus of this audio about just how much the whistleblower is saying occurred behind the scenes uh, that allowed Hunter Biden to do way worse things than he's even going to be charged for and get a literal sweetheart deal in the fact that he'll serve no jail time. He'll only be charged with three things, one of which is a gun charge. And that'll just wind up getting expunged from his record entirely. Uh, this is uniquely bad, uh, according to Gary Shapley, in the world of them not being allowed to do their job. I documented exactly what happened, and it doesn't seem to match what the attorney general or the U.S. attorney are saying today. Shapley provided lawmakers this contemporaneous email he wrote after an October meeting last year. Shapley says Weiss told him the opposite, that Weiss is not the deciding person on whether charges are filed. It was just shocking to me. Shapley, who is still working for the IRS, told us that even before President Biden took office, he was directed to avoid leads involving Hunter's father. There were certain investigative steps that we weren't allowed to take that could have led us to President Biden. And you wanted to take them? We needed to take them. And you weren't allowed to take them? That's correct. We were not allowed to take steps that would have led our investigation toward the now president of the United States. At the time, of course, uh, during part of this, not in office, uh, someone who'd already served as our vice president. But the significance of this can't go understated. And if we continue to retreat to our corners, conservatives to theirs, Democrats to theirs, and ignore any of the most significant forms of corruption that are existing or playing out in front of our eyes, uh, we allow politicians to continue to be um, the worst behaved of people we have in our society in certain ways. And so I think uh, to wrap it back to the example I gave a second ago, the biggest shock for anyone of faith in the world of the Catholic Church is that priests were capable of the kind of things that priests were being accused of doing. And it was that lack of of belief for that lack of, of um, you know, um, uh, I don't know what other word I, I could use for it, but but suspicion that something like that could be going on in the first place uh, that allows behind uh, closed doors uh, bad things to happen. Am I comparing literally um, the the sexual abuse of children to what's going on in the world of politics? No, I want to make that crystal clear. Uh, the only reason I'm bringing up this comparison at all on my show is because as a Catholic, it is something I truly struggled to believe uh, that my faith, that my church, um, that, you know, not that I knew anyone specifically who'd been accused of any of these things, but that people I could envision um, because of people that I knew uh, were capable of doing uh, really bad stuff. And I just think in a lesser extent, uh, maybe in some of the ways as far as the seriousness goes, uh, so many people are just incapable of seeing uh, the potential wrongdoings of their political side of the aisle, because if I guess if we see that the wrongdoings on all the sides, uh, then more and more people will become independents, uh, which is what we're seeing already. Um, but honestly, I just I, I'm dumbfounded even more so today uh, than ever before that this isn't a more dominant story, more places. But I at least am applauding the CBS Evening News uh, for once again being willing to at least cover something uh, that most legacy media does not. Quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's Craig Collins Show. Uh, There is something I care about a lot going on right now uh, that kind of has nothing to do with – I guess it has a little bit to do with politics. But I like it more for a different reason. 
Uh, it's the New York City pizza fight. Uh, that's what I'm calling it. Uh, New York City pizza um, uh, Ria owners, uh, famous pizzeria owners, are getting very mad because uh, the city is trying to crack down on things that don't seem to make a lot of difference in the world. Uh, specifically, coal and wired um, wired fired ovens is what they're called. I think it's supposed to say wood fired in the New York Post there. Um, but uh, coal and wood fired ovens, um, apparently there's more pollutant in that, according to some, the politicians, whoever. Uh, but what I think is amazing is the amount of uh, New Yorkers that are coming together, that are fighting this fight, and now they're calling their sel- themselves something. It's sort of like the Avengers. They're the New York City Pizza Alliance uh, individuals. I hope they put on costumes and stuff. I hope they show up places. They got a lawyer. That lawyer's saying things about how crazy this all is. I never thought this was going to be a thing that would happen. I didn't put my money on politicians versus uh, pizzeria owners in New York as something I'd see in 2023 or any time in the near future. And it's something that I'll definitely have way more audio of um, for a days to come, I think, because it's just fun. Uh, you had pizza owners on Fox News the other night uh, saying how they don't understand and they were holding like coal in their hands, how this is really the thing that's going to change the, the world we live in, how getting rid of this or doing this or whatever it is. Uh, I love it. Uh, the city's Department of Environmental Protection has drafted new rules uh, that would order eateries using the decades-old baking method to slice uh, um, emissions by 75 percent and to do that probably by changing the way they cook their pizza. Uh, one of the things that's most important, and this is not something you'll get a lot of places, uh, but you're going to get it here, uh, for New York pizza is to not change the ovens. Uh, they say that not just the ingredients there, the ocean there, whatever it else is, is happening in the water, it makes it taste the way that it does, but the baked-in flavors from decades and decades of cooking pizza a certain way is what makes it delicious. And maybe a lot of people in Peoria do not care about how delicious New York City pizza is. I do. I care a lot. I don't want it to stop. And I'm just really enjoying uh, the back and forth. Uh, Some other things going on. I thought this was interesting. Uh, There's a story about a revolutionary 3D printed artificial knee uh, that can be tailored specifically to a patient. I think there was a patient who received the first implant. His name is David. He's 55. He says it's fantastic. Uh, This is an interesting uh, development in the world of a lot of the medical things we do and how technology uh, can help us. Because if you could essentially go to the doctor, uh, tell them you got a hip, you got a knee, you got something, you need a replacement, you need you need a way to fix it, and they just roll up to their computer, uh, start taking a bunch of different you know images, putting them in there, and then they can print you off more or less. You probably have to go and come back. I don't know if they do it all there at, at that moment, but print you off a new knee, a new hip, and put that inside of you, and everything's better. Uh, this seems like a win-win for all involved. Uh, I think the BBC is one of the places that covered and reported on this. And the guy who got the first uh, knee replacement is a competitive um, uh, cyclist uh, that said it's been months uh, he's been waiting for this surgery. So it might be a big deal in the world of medicine. Uh, We might all roll into the doctor's office, as I said, and just uh, ask them to print off certain things on their printers uh, for us. We might all be a bunch of uh, 3D printed parts at some point. And that might be good. I feel like that could be good. I feel like other people are going to be worried about that. Uh, One last thing that I do also think is interesting uh, before I throw to the news. Uh, I I love this. Uh, They're calling it the great resignation now in social media. But Gen Z and millennials are now quit talking. Uh, That means that you quit your job live on social media, specifically on TikTok, and you do it to gain a lot of follows, a lot of interactions, and you probably also doom yourself from ever getting another job unless for some reason someone loves the fact that you quit your jobs publicly. Uh, But over 50 million people have viewed 
quit talk videos uh, where people are live streaming their last day at a job. Um, and as I said, uh, maybe one of their last days in a career, any career other than social media influencer. Uh, but it's a thing that more and more young people are doing. And I highly discourage you from doing it. Unless you're Will Stevenson and you're going to go rogue at some point, then radio, I encourage you to do it. Radio personalities have been doing this for years, Craig. It's funny you say that. If you don't get up from your microphone, push it away, and slam the studio yeah. door behind you, then you just haven't been on the air. It's funny you say that because as I was reading this story and even watching some of the videos, I remembered a radio uh, thing that happened a few years ago in Chicago where people found out they were fired on air before they got oh, fired. yeah, I remember that. It was that. a sports station. Yeah, and the one, sort of a sports station. Sort of Sport. Well, it's trying to be a sports station. <laughs> yeah. they, they were attempting. Uh, but one of the guys who found out was actually sitting across from the program director, which would be one of the bosses, and had to look him in the face. And that's the audio and video that went viral and say, am I fired? And they did that conversation on the air. And it was amazing. That, and he found out from a tweet that he was reading right. that he was fired. Yes, there and... was a, a media writer who tweeted out that everybody at that station was fired. And they found out live on air with the boss on air with you sitting next to you. It was amazing. Mm. It was incredible. Don't do it. it I'm, I'm sure it's not great, but um, that yeah, was don't do it. That was a fun. That was a fun thing to watch as a media person. Yeah, that was. Least. Yeah, it was both fun and gut wrenching at the same time. Well, now I knew the and person listening to a sports talk person talk about getting fired <laughs> from a job. I knew the person. I knew that he relished that moment and the uh, viralness of it, and then I'm pretty sure it helped him get his next job. But that's yeah, that's well, not there the, you go. That's not the proof a positive. Nice little sympathy hire, sure. <laughs> anyway, and then I'll say no more. I know more details about and, that. And, and I'm not, not going to quit on the air. Okay. I, you won't get Good. that out of me. But if you do... I will quit off the air like a normal to... <laughs> human being. I want it to be real viral. Just because you have a reputation for being grumpy at times. And I feel like that would be the ultimate grumpy. At times. Grumpy. At times. That's what I said. You're going to be at the 4th of July. Uh, we'll talk about that more and in a bit. Uh, you can see me be grumpy in person. There we go. All right. Will's got the news now. You can hear him on our app. You just got to download the app, put it on your phone, click the button, and boom. Will Stevenson tells you all about the news. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Armageddon seems like it's happening at times with how crazy stuff is going on outside. Um, but yeah, the weather qual or the uh, air quality is not great. So if you uh, don't have to be outside for very long, don't. Uh, just be indoors. And if you have to be outside, I, I hope you're fine. Everybody uh, will be fine. I'll say it that way. Uh, this weather pattern uh, that is causing us to have all this smoke and stuff in the air is likely to move um, the smoke and stuff that's in the air out of uh, our area in the next day or so. Uh, but then I read it's likely to come back, like wind patterns will change and we're, we're going to have more smoke days. Um, so this is it's it's odd um, and it feels way more impactful. I was just talking to some people in our newsroom about this. Uh, will um, specifically, I don't know why I said, like, there's a whole bunch of people uh, hanging out in the newsroom today. Um, but it, I know this happened before a week or so ago, uh, whenever the last time we dealt with it, but it, it just seems more significant. Uh, the last couple of days and even looking out the window right now at the smoggy outdoors we have and just the smell of stuff uh, when you're at it feels like everything's on fire. Uh, and I know we're going to be fine. I'm not trying to uh, fear monger here. It's just it's just not awesome. It just doesn't seem great. <laughs> That's my complaint. Uh, moving on. Other stuff. Our president is trying to uh, coin the term Bidenomics and tell us how great things are going in the world of the economy even as a vast majority of Americans, when asked questions like, hey, how are you doing? They usually say, terrible. Stuff is not great. Uh, things are expensive and we're going the wrong direction. Uh, I did enjoy Fox News specifically trying to live fact check uh, Biden. Of course, this is the same move that um, 
left-leaning media outlets would do if it was a conservative outside of Trump. Actually, places like MSNBC just don't even air Trump anymore. Uh, but that was pretty fun. And I might play some of the audio and tell you some of the things uh, they had popping up on the screen. Uh, but I actually wanted to start it with this clip uh, because this uh, clip is amazing. Um, I will play it. I will ask you if you understand everything he's saying and the way in which he's trying to say it, uh, our president, uh, and also what the intention of the entirety of this message was. And good luck to all of us in figuring part of this out. I, you'll understand all the words. It's not like the words are – and it, it doesn't feel like a, a mad lib that has wrong words in wrong places. It just doesn't feel like whatever the point was was ever found uh, for a couple of reasons. Here we go. I mean this. I was on the Tibetan Plateau with Xi Jinping. Uh-huh. I traveled 17,000 miles with him. I've spoken with him more than any other head of state because it started when I was vice president and President Hu was the president and he was the vice president. We knew he was going to be successful. Okay. It was inappropriate for Barack to spend that time with him. But I, inappropriate. I spent a lot of time with him. <laughs> I met alone with him, just he and I, uh-huh. and a simultaneous interpreter 68 times. What? 68 hours. What? 68 times. What? Than 68 hours. <laughs> Wait, what? By the way, I turned in all my notes. Okay. Um, oh, you turned in all your notes. That's good. Thank you for that, sir. Yes, no, let's applaud. Let's all make sure to applaud because, uh, yes, he turned in all his notes from the 68 times, 68 hours, 68 times, 68 hours uh, that he spent with Xi Jinping. The weirdest thing he said there is it was inappropriate for Barack Obama to be around him because we were both vice presidents at the time, so it was appropriate for us to be around each other. And if Hunter Biden was there, I'm never going to tell you. That's not important to anybody. Uh, who cares? He can come. He's my family. That doesn't matter at all. I'm not saying I, I know that he was there. I just find that funny. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's the message he gave is that he's really, really close, has spent a lot of time and knows Xi Jinping super well. And that's supposed to be of comfort to us. What is odd about this uh, message, and I'll go ahead and compare it to something else out there in the world, is if you remember uh, one of the world leaders that Trump claimed he had – a better relationship with than most was Vladimir Putin and that that relationship would benefit him. People criticized Trump of that relationship, said, of course, uh, that's not a relationship that has as much value as you're saying it does. And yet um, Biden is out there uh, saying how great his relationship with Xi Jinping is and then also at other times calling him a dictator uh, who is also guilty of certain uh, human rights violations. So it's interesting, again, to discuss these two people so utterly differently and for one of them to apparently, to most news, be a good uh, guy that he's close with. All right, let's play uh, part of the stuff that he was saying uh, during his speech, and I'll tell you some of the things that Fox News put up as fact checks, because it was great. I know this is radio. I know I can't put up all the images myself, but I can tell you what's going on. Here's a little bit of the speech. Hollowed out. I mean, literally hollowed out. All over the country, parents have to say that many of you, all elected officials, <laughs> heard people tell you this. Had to uh-huh. say to their children, honey, I lost my job. We can't live here anymore. We got And now move. everything's great. Uh, May inflation was up over 4% year over year. Uh-huh. On things that help drive long-term growth and help America lead the world in innovation. The Bidenomics total credit card debt Q1 of 2023 is up 28% under Biden. Uh, that image is on the screen. That's 2%. Oh, it's good. Our gross domestic product. We're doing great. In research and development. Mm-hmm. By the time I came to office, that was down to 0.7%. <laughs> we used to be number one in the world in research and development. And now? We're known for. Now, now we don't even research anything. Nine in the world. 
We don't care about anything. Existing home sales are down 34% January 2021 to May 2023. Bidenomics is great. We're doing great stuff as several of our industries, uh, most uh, in significant, impactful uh, core industries are not doing well. New home sales down 15% over the last couple of years. Average hourly earnings down 3.1% from January 2021 to May 2023. Uh, these are just some of the U.S. Labor and Statistic, uh, uh, U.S. Um, Bureau of Labor Statistics that popped up on screen as Biden was telling you Bidenomics is going wonderfully that everyone should be very, very happy. All right. Uh, one other thing, I will throw this out a little bit, and it's just awful. Like, it's it's not um, political. Uh, it's not a politician or, or any of that kind of news. Uh, it's that story of the Delphi uh, murders uh, that happened in Indiana. Um, a judge just uh, released a whole bunch of information uh, that we did not have before, a bunch of uh, court documents, including multiple moments uh, with a man who was accused of, of killing two uh, young girls confessed to it. Uh, when on the phone from jail with his wife on multiple occasions, he told her that he was guilty of this crime, a crime that killed a 13 and a 14 year old girl. Uh, the two teenagers bodies were found in 2017, uh, just outside their hometown in Delphi, Indiana. And they uh, more recently arrested and now are, are trying this man, of course. Uh, but some of these these uh, things that came out, he was arrested in October of 2022 on two counts of murder. A relative had dropped the girls off on a hiking trail uh, when he found them in the first place. Uh, it's just sort of uh, surreal uh, to see all this proof, all this information, all of these things uh, coming out uh, now uh, in a case that had been for years unsolved and then eventually uh, went the way it did. But it's just disturbing. And I just wanted I know it's a, a bigger story, uh, maybe uh, more in Indiana than here in Illinois, but I certainly uh, this swept a lot of places. So just a quick update on some of the things going on there. All right. A quick break. A lot more. I'm going to lift the tone a bit, have some sillier stuff to talk about, uh, like a guy that got in trouble for the place he proposed to his now uh, fiance at. Uh, people told him it's the worst location you could pick. I'll tell you what that is and more in just a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Um, more uh, silly topics in just a second. I do want to play one other piece of political audio. Uh, that's kind of great that's out there. Uh, this is our president, the president of the United States, um, the very mentally sound um, Joe Biden, answering a question about Vladimir Putin and the war going on between Russia and Ukraine. It is important that I mention to you that the conflict going on is between Russia and Ukraine, that no part of that conflict is happening in Iraq, where it seems that Biden is pretty sure stuff's going on. It's hard to tell, but he's, he's clearly losing the war in Iraq. He's losing the war at home. <laughs> what? And he is... Uh, Come a bit of a fly around the world. Yeah. Uh, it's not just NATO. It's not just the European no. Union. Yeah, he's clearly losing that war in Iraq. Uh, that is a thing that's definitely happening. Um, one more time. Tell, but he's, he's clearly losing the war in Iraq. Look, and I would just be mean-spirited if I just made fun of that, and that was just a one-time gaffe uh, by our current president who never makes mistakes, anything like that, any other time. Uh, or even if I was just picking on a guy with a stutter. Uh, which is what some people say uh, picking on Joe Biden is. But I, I just don't know uh, where these things come from that come out so often. I think David Van Camp has said before, and I know people have texted me this, uh, that Joe Biden's just an accidental time traveler, that our president is, you know, bouncing all over the, the, um, the timeline and that we don't know what time he's in when he's speaking. And that's important. Maybe there's a future conflict. Maybe he's talking about the past one already. I have no idea. Uh, but it's out there. and It's awesome. And it's one of the newest ones. All right. Uh, this went viral. There is a guy. Uh, that was on an airplane with the missus at some point during the flight. And I think they were going to Cancun, Mexico, 
uh, which I've never been to. I've been to Mexico a, a lot of times. I have never seen a beach. Uh, I let my wife know about that from time to time, but I'm very happy. Uh, we go visit her family in the literal middle of the country that has uh, no real water anywhere near us. Although there are supposed to be amazing, you know, waterfalls and stuff uh, that also maybe we could drive to at some point. But anyway, not important. So they're flying to Cancun. The woman gets up. She goes to the bathroom. The guy's like, this is the moment I'm going to propose. So he stands up and waits outside the restroom at the on the airplane. And as she comes out of the toilet, he gets on one knee and proposes to her. Uh, there's a video. It went viral. I think there might have been some relatives on the plane. Uh, people even said congratulations. Um, but most of the Internet thought that that was probably the worst place you could possibly propose to someone. The unique experience of going to the bathroom on a plane and then getting out of the little tiny bathroom uh, in the plane and having uh, that moment happen for you. I, there have to be worse. That has to be way up on the list. Uh, but there have to be worse places uh, that you could propose. I mean, in the bathroom is certainly worse. Location, location, location. I don't think that would happen, though. So I don't know. Um, coming out of a bathroom anywhere in any scenario feels to be at the tippy top of bad places to propose to other people. But someone come up with a, bad, a worse spot. 309-340-4464 is the phone number to text. 309-340-4464. Or let me know if you wouldn't mind if you were proposed to after stepping out of the restroom on the airplane uh, right after, who knows, uh, how long you were in there. Uh, another thing that I thought was kind of funny uh, that's out there in the world, I think this is a a report in The Sun, uh, which is a bit of a tabloid uh, magazine in the UK. Uh, but these two people admit that they love to take walks, their husband and wife. Uh, that part's normal. Uh, my wife and I also love to take walks around our neighborhood. Uh, maybe not when there's this crazy amount of, of stuff in the sky, but in general we do. Uh, but here's the, here's the gimmick. Here's the unique difference between how my wife and I walk around and how these people in the UK do. Uh, they go naked. Uh, everywhere they go. Uh, they've been uh, cited by cops before. Uh, the mailman in their neighborhood has seen them before. And I, I loved that the woman in the report said he's very friendly with them now after seeing them walk around. But they said that they're they're naturalists and that this is a thing that they do. Uh, Helen is 47. I don't know exactly the age of her husband. I don't think it's listed here. Uh, but her and her husband, they just walk around uh, naked in their community, and um, they don't really care if that's something they're allowed to do or not allowed to do. Uh, they might be somewhat strategic about some of the places they choose, uh, but again, she said she's recalled the mailman waving at them as he's been driving away from the house sometimes, and they're just like, oh, how nice, how sweet uh, that man is. That's, that's an odd move, uh, again, to not only need the walk, which is great. I highly recommend that. Anybody who you know feels cooped up in your house, uh, again, maybe not today, with what's going on outside. But in general, like taking a nice walk with the missus is, is lovely. Uh, doing it naked, I do not recommend uh, that part, uh, mostly because of the illegal stuff and then other things and then going to the jail part. There, there's a lo lot of um, problems with the plan there. Uh, another thing out there that I thought was interesting, uh, I don't know why uh, this is a story that, you know, is, is making the rounds a lot of places um, as a bad thing. I did see one criticism about it uh, being people being afraid if the woman who's um, uh, deciding to be a lifeguard for her pool is someone who's capable of the job. But I don't doubt her. I don't have any doubts whatsoever. Uh, the woman's name is Gail. She's 66 years old. Uh, she's retired in her community. And she found out, this is in Ohio, that there would be nobody as a lifeguard to their pool. And she didn't want the pool to have to close for the summer. So she volunteered to do it. Uh, she said she once was a lifeguard about 50 years ago uh, when she was 16. 
Uh, so she, she knows the drill. She knows how to do all the things. And so the grandma lifeguard is what they're calling her on social media. Uh, some are easily describing this as a feel-good story. And then other people are saying uh, worried things about it. I don't care at all. I actually love this story a lot uh, because there is a shortage of lifeguards. Uh, you've heard about that before. And maybe it's a good gig uh, for people who've recently retired uh, from some other job and want to want to go ahead and hang out at the pool all day, uh, sit up in the sun a little bit or a lot of it. And then also, uh, if the need arises, save somebody. Why does that have to be a job for just young people? I don't have an answer, uh, but I do think it's interesting. Uh, she took all the necessary classes. She's certified. Uh, she even got recertified. And she even did a physical in order to prove that she was capable of the gig. And so that's all over the Internet and viral. And as I said, some people uh, have more negative opinions than I do. And then one last thing uh, right before we uh, take a break and throw it to the news. In just a bit, um, I saw this. My wife recently traveled. University of Sydney looked into the best things that you can eat, uh, the best things you can have, maybe even just like snacks you bring with you on you uh, if you're going to be on a long flight or if there's going to be any jet lag. And chocolate was the top item on the list. Uh, the reason I love this so much, uh, not just the fact that apparently uh, chocolate can encourage you to go to sleep if you need to crash after a long flight or whatever it might be. Um, I, I talked about this when it happened. My wife had turbulence for the first time in her, in her flight home from Mexico to the United States. And uh, it was pretty bad. They even uh, grounded in Austin instead of uh, Dallas where she was flying because uh, weather was so bad they had to land, refuel, and then try to land in Dallas a couple hours later. Um, and she ate all the chocolate uh, that she had brought with her for uh, colleagues of ours, for our bosses here, for several different people. She didn't eat alone. Uh, she shared it with the other passengers on the plane, and she told me it really helped them all out. So not only is chocolate a great snack, according to this study, uh, from, again, the University of Sydney and the world of, of getting you over jet lag. But apparently it's a great snack to deal with any amount of, of uh, turbulence or anything that happens in the skies that might make you anxious. And I don't have any science to back that up. I just have the real-life experience of the missus. But I loved it. I love that I found this story and that the number one item is, is one that Betty is already all about, knows about, uh, has uh, no issue. Uh, and actually, um, um, the chocolate is delicious. I remember it from the last time we went to Mexico. So it made sense to me even more that it worked as well as it did. All right, Will's got the news. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of things always to talk about. Uh, let's do some political news and then maybe uh, not some political news at some point during this segment. I'm getting, I'm getting really um, uh, burned out by some of these things. Uh, but the, uh, the other guy in the Republican um, race, uh, not the uh, former president, but Ron DeSantis, who is definitely an other guy, uh, now, he's pretty far behind uh, Trump, uh, gave a pretty good interview, I think, with Fox News. Uh, they definitely prefer him, like him more, probably make things easier on him uh, than when they talk to the former president. Uh, but a few things popped out. Uh, one of the first ones was talking about the uh, Uyghur people in China. Uh, what's uniquely odd about this story, too, and I think you might have heard Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins uh, joking about a, a politician who's uh, not a real threat to anybody, anywhere. He, he doesn't matter. Uh, but he was doing a Hugh Hewitt interview, uh, the uh, radio broadcaster, and he didn't know anything about 
uh, the uh, people in China who are treated so so horribly uh, by the Chinese government, who are used in all kinds of despicable ways. Uh, and it is the reason that human rights violations are what is accused of happening uh, in the world of communist China. Um, but uh, DeSantis has a very different response to this. These are important things to know, to just have uh, an awareness of. Uh, it is difficult. And again, I'm not even going to play the audio of the the moron politician who doesn't know what it is, uh, but it's difficult to try to run for office without having uh, things like this uh, to, uh, you know, uh, be uh, talking points that you're capable of understanding and reacting to, and also having fairly definitive messages for the other countries in the world uh, who behave in ways that we utterly disagree with. Here's what DeSantis said about this. All right. I want to ask you one last question, sort of off topic, but uh, the mayor of Miami, Francisco Suarez, who is also running for the Republican nomination, he was at Francis, excuse me. He was asked about um, the Uyghur issue in China, and he said he didn't know what Uyghurs were. Um, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Do you think that that is a um, something that should disqualify him from running? I wonder a little bit, uh, and I played the question for this very reason, if they were also testing DeSantis, uh, because one thing that's accused of, of being true about DeSantis is his lack of understanding a um, stage that's beyond Florida, a national or international stage, and he was up to this task. It's one, of the it's one of the grossest violations of human rights anywhere in the world. We've had to tussle, as you know, Martha, with Disney, and one of the things we pointed out is that they were attacking Florida over parents' rights and education. Meanwhile, they're film filming uh, movies uh, right there where the Uyghurs are, are being prosecuted. They never said a word. And so I think that that's one of the best examples of how the Chinese Communist Party fundamentally violates human rights. Yeah, and even more so than that, what I thought was interesting about that answer, and it's something I've said on the show before, and I know I'm going to be accused of propping up Ron DeSantis uh, by playing these things in this way. I can't help being a fan of this guy. I'm not saying I wouldn't vote for someone else if someone else is the nominee, uh, no matter who that nominee is. And it probably isn't going to be DeSantis, at least right now. Uh, but that is an excellent answer to the question. And more importantly, uh, bringing in the world of Disney and relating it to the world of China uh, is something I've said for a while. If you're a uh, governor in Florida and you decide to take on Disney, out of all the companies, you could wind up in a fight with uh, that they accuse of being political, and you say that doesn't matter, uh, for lack of promptly saying it, it isn't. Um, but everything that goes on back and forth, that is proof positive that you're a, a leader uh, wherever you wind up leading that's willing to fight very powerful organizations or countries or groups uh, that would wind up, uh, you know, in places or on stages uh, near you. Uh, and that he related it himself uh, right there. And some of the ways in which uh, companies like Disney uh, do cater to China is significant in that conversation, too. Another thing that DeSantis was asked about uh, was um, a stance he's actually thrown out there before. I'll go ahead and play it. One of the things he would do if he were elected president would be to eliminate uh, several uh, bureaucratic organizations uh, that certainly seem to cause frustration uh, for some that wonder. Uh, Mark Strauss talked about this earlier this week on my show just the other day. I wonder why they exist in the first place. Are you in favor of, of eliminating any agencies? I know conservatives in the past have talked about closing the Department of Education. Would you do that? So we would do education, we would do commerce, we do energy, and we would do IRS. And so if Congress will work with me on doing that, no, they we'll be able to reduce uh, the, the size and scope of government. But what I'm also going to do, Martha, <laughs> is be prepared if Congress won't go that far. 
I'm going to use those agencies to push back against woke ideology and against the leftism that we see. Yeah, so I'll be honest about this. Uh, part of this messaging probably won't land uh, with uh, independents. It won't land with certainly Democrats, uh, but it will definitely land with a lot of conservatives and a lot of conservatives who are big, big fans of uh, former President Trump um, because of all the things he says there about the lack of need of some of those agencies or the agency's likelihood to lean politically a certain direction uh, when they're not supposed to and how that impacts the way in which they they operate and the things they do. But saying you're going to get totally rid of the IRS is a hot take. Uh, I'll put that out there and one that maybe everyone in the world of all the other branches of government that you'd need to help you uh, would be unlikely to help you actually get done. But eliminating the IRS completely, uh, having taxes change in our country, if that's what uh, DeSantis is also saying. And I love that the follow-up was attempted there and it didn't really happen exactly correctly the way it should, is is at least out there as a campaign slogan. So if you're someone that doesn't want to pay taxes anymore, and I know they have very different tax laws in Florida, uh, DeSantis is saying that's something he'd like to get done. I'm not laughing because I don't, I don't want people to think I'm laughing because I don't like it. I just I think that those are probably the moments where I still hear um, a politician that probably hasn't been in in roles beyond Florida before. I'm not saying that there's impossibility in the task he's putting out in front of him, uh, but it's it's a unique message and one that not many other politicians usually throw out there. Uh, one last thing. I want to play this. Uh, DeSantis weighed in on Russia. Um, at times, one of the other criticisms of DeSantis is that he's been um, wrong or that he's in his own place sometimes on uh, some of the conversations about Russia, even compared to, say, uh, former President Trump. So here's a little bit of that back and forth. If you were right now the commander in chief, how would you take advantage of the vulnerability that is surrounding Putin right now in terms of giving support to Ukraine? And do you believe that this is a moment of opportunity in that battle that should be aided by the U.S. government? So I think we're at a point uh, that Joe Biden's weakness has really created a lot of problems in the world. And I don't think we would be in this situation at all had he been leading with purpose and conviction from day one. Uh, I think a lot of our enemies have capitalized off that. So it brings us to this situation. I think it's a very uncertain situation. If you look at what's on the ground in Russia, none of these people are our friends. Uh, some of the people that may be trying to challenge Putin, and I still think yeah, we don't have friends. the full story on what's going on. Uh, some of those folks are very bad, too, in addition to Putin. Why this impacts our security is because Russia's got the largest nuclear arsenal in the entire world. From a conventional perspective, I don't think they're even close to the threat uh, to us as, say, China would be. Uh, but if those nuclear weapons get into the wrong hands uh, and they're used either in that theater or beyond, you know, that could be very catastrophic. So I agree with everything you said there, too. I'm not, again, trying to overly prop up DeSantis. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to do away with the IRS if you get into the White House yourself, sir. Uh, but I do think it's interesting uh, that when asked a question uh, specific to what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, and again, these are things that have been covered uh, differently uh, by DeSantis before, or at least the way the news talks about the things he says, uh, he's landing in directions that seem uh, valuable. Does this mean that he'll have any sort of improvement in his poll numbers against Trump? I doubt it. Uh, the one thing I would say, even after playing all those uh, moments of DeSantis audio, uh, is more and more. I believe that people who vote for Trump, and I, I know I talked about this just the other day uh, with uh, Mark Strauss, uh, but people who vote for Trump for one reason and one reason only, because they think that he's the most likely politician, if that's even how you describe Trump, 
to cause chaos in Washington, D.C., to upend the system. I think that that alone is something that's being made more and more true all the time. Not that it really needed to be made more true, uh, but more and more true all the time by the way in which Trump is is being gone after and other people in politics are not. Uh, whether it is um, the current president of the United States or whether it's Hillary Clinton as an example that's used a lot or even Mike Pence, uh, the unique way in which uh, Trump is more challenging, even that audio uh, that's already leaked and out there in the world, the speed of that is sort of amazing. It's sort of incredible. And it does um, validate another position that I think some have, uh, that Trump is uniquely hated or disliked uh, by enough people uh, that things like this occur, uh, whether those people are in uh, the world of politics or not. I don't I don't know about everybody, but it's, it's interesting to me. Um, but I, I do, once again, more and more believe uh, that if it's the only reason that you vote for a specific politician on either side of the aisle, and I would almost refer to that person as a Trump supporter more so than a conservative or a Republican, um, if the only intention is to do as much harm to the Washington um, elite or the, the Washington, D.C. Uh, system that uh, many, many people believe is broken in at least some ways, if not a whole lot of ways, uh, then I can't think of anything better. Uh, I mean this honestly. Because a lot of media will tell you that everything going on with Trump, all the uh, legal challenges to him are, are bad. They're, they're things that make him an unelectable candidate uh, for an independent. And they might be right about that. I, I, don't, I don't know how to project all that. But as far as conservatives go, the storm surrounding him, I think, only uh, makes it more likely uh, that at least the, the person I'm describing is more a Trump supporter, uh, first and foremost, than a political on the right, on the left, anywhere uh, kind of human. Uh, the, this, this storm... Uh, makes him uh, a more attractive candidate, which is which is interesting, uh, because one of the most um, uh, obvious things I'll end on this. I know this is you know, kind of bouncing all over the place. But one of the most obvious things to me that should have occurred in the world of former President Trump is that if there are any valuable cases against him, uh, Manhattan, I definitely don't think so. Anything going on in the world of the classified documents uh, thing, it should be applied to more than just him. But any uh, court cases against him. For the benefit of a fair and free election, every one of those cases should have waited until uh, after the next president was chosen, and then you could go after him. If he didn't win, uh, you could choose to try to find any sort of reason in a, a courtroom uh, to challenge Trump, and you wouldn't be able to say very simplistically that it's designed to interfere with our elections. Uh, but you can simply say that now, and that narrative benefits uh, Donald Trump, benefits the former president in ways that I think a lot of mainstream legacy uh, left-leaning media just doesn't understand. Uh, because one of the other things that's my favorite, I said I would be done, I'm not done. One of the other things that's my favorite about anyone I talk to, that's uh, a friend of mine uh, that is definitely a Trump supporter, like only Trumper uh, kind of person, is that they, they love uh, parts of the ways in which Trump fights the system, and they love uh, seeing the system try to fight him back because they think, and they've told me before, that it means that he's probably winning in some of the ways that he's fighting the system. And so that, to me, is one of the things that's least understood uh, by the side of the aisle that thinks all of this chaos is harming or, or um, you know, negating the popularity of the former president on the other side of the aisle. And I think there are a lot of people who, if he was the nominee, would vote for him, even if he's not their preference. Quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's The Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about, as I say all the time. The VFW in Peoria Heights is awesome. Uh, my wife and I go there a lot. They had Taco Tuesday yesterday. 
I got some text messages from some people on my uh, phone number here, 309-340-4464, 309-340-4464, about how they love uh, the tacos at the VFW. I don't know if you went last night, so text me back if you went last night or if you've gone uh, before, uh, but just throwing that out there as a mention, uh, that you love them is great. And yes, uh, we are fans too. I get them with corn tortillas uh, when you go. That's the uh, correct way to do it Mexican style, according to Betty. They have flour too, if you're not a corn fan of the tortilla. Uh, but they're at 1505 East Lake Avenue in Peoria Heights. The phone number 309-682-9875-309-682-9875. No food tonight. Uh, they do a lot of philanthropic stuff, though. So just go in and ask about some of the ways that they're helping the community. Because uh, if you do spend some time there, if you buy a few drinks, if you go gamble uh, in their game room or even just hang out and play pool, uh, they got a table that's usually open. Uh, the money that you're spending there is probably going to wind up helping the community uh, in some way, at least part of it, because that seems to be all they do. Uh, they run a bar and they help the community. It's awesome. And it, it moves me because they're veterans who served and protected our country. And now they seem to want to serve our, our community. Uh, so I couldn't recommend going there more. All right. Some things out there that I thought were uh, kind of fun, uh, kind of interesting. The first one, and this is I'm a millennial, uh, anyone that doesn't know that, if I don't say that enough. So when I make fun of young people, I'm, I, this is self-hate. This is uh, f- inward thinking at times uh, for some of it. Uh, but young people, Gen Z and millennials, admit to having menu anxiety. Uh, that means you go into a restaurant, you open up a menu, you look at it, and you don't know what to do. Uh, people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, 41% of people uh, said that they have some level of anxiety uh, when looking at a menu before they order, compared to just 15% of people in generations that are older than 40-something years old. Uh, that, it, to me, this is hilarious. I never get a menu anxiety. I never worry a little bit. If someone comes to me in that situation and says, what do you want? I don't know yet. I say, keep going. Ask the other people if they're ready. And then by the time you come back to me, if I need to pregnant, pause it. And I know this might sound unbelievable on a radio show where I almost never pause. uh, But in that world, I can handle it, man. I can handle a little bit of uncomfortable silence as I'm still picking what I want. So I don't just like throw whatever uh, in the air in the world menu. And I think that might be like the easiest, the least harmful uh, thing you could do to train yourself to not be anxious if that's something you feel. Uh, go to a restaurant, even if you know what you want, let it hang in the air for 5, 10, 15 seconds with friends and loved ones, with the people that are willing to go out and go to a restaurant with you and find out that nothing horrible happened. Actually, one of my favorite things uh, that someone told me in the world of radio one time about whether or not you should worry about how good of a job you're doing on the air uh, was that no one's going to die. Um, you know, no one. Well, I'm not going to cause anyone uh, to lose their life uh, during a three hour broadcast on the show. Knock on what I hope not. So uh, really what the stakes are are different. And so if you're ordering in a restaurant and you take a little time to do it, no one will be harmed in the process of you uh, being slower than most. Uh, the waitress might get mad, but guess what? She'll get over it. Everything will be fine. Uh, it is a sad uh, thing that I saw uh, that people are struggling with. Uh, also, uh, Pepsi came out with a abomination of a food product. Uh, Pepsi-flavored ketchup is something that they're very proud of. Uh, they even have a Better With Pepsi campaign uh, talking about how you would want to try this. Um, I already don't like ketchup. I've already talked on the show about how ketchup overpowers things like hot dogs, and it's really not that good. But a, a distinctive Pepsi-enhanced uh, version, I think they're calling it a cola chip, uh, does sound so, so bad that it would call me to uh, cause me to cola chip places I don't want to cola chip. Uh, but it, it's, it's awful. And I, I guess they're going to be serving it at Yankee Stadium. 
Uh, that's one of the places where you can go to the Pepsi Lounge uh, and hang out and get some Pepsi-flavored ketchup. Uh, do not do that. Uh, no one, please do not do that. I'm going to go see a couple Yankee games uh, over the weekend in St. Louis. I'm very excited about that. I was talking about the wife, uh, talking about that with the wife all last night. And at no point will I put any sort of ketchup, certainly not Pepsi flavored, which I don't even think they have there on any hot dog. Uh, it's just wrong. It's just, as I said, again, uh, pretty much a, a food abomination. And then one last thing I thought this was interesting, too. Um, a lot of different restaurants, establishments, uh, Bud Light, easy example. And there's Bud Light news I might get to in a little bit. Have gone through some ups and downs, some uh, boycotts or, or whatever. Uh, Chick-fil-A is still the favorite restaurant in the United States for anyone that thought that maybe it wouldn't be. Uh, the top 10 Chick-fil-A came in at number one. Jimmy John's at number two. Uh, KFC at number three. Papa John's at four. Uh, Domino's at five. Uh, five guys at number six. I'm kind of surprised by that. Starbucks also number eight. I go to Jimmy John's way more often than I realize I do because it's so close to us down here. I'm talking to Will Stevenson mm-hmm. uh, sitting in the newsroom. It's just the, it's the easiest thing to do. It's right there. And you put the if you got the app on your phone, you order it, you walk yeah. in, you pick it up, you leave. Um, yeah, I noticed when Betty was in Mexico, I ate and she usually packs her lunch. I ate Jimmy John's most of the days I worked. <laughs> I don't go. I'm I'm not as I, I, I'm not as huge of a fan of Jimmy John's, but I've certainly uh, are they an advertiser there. there. Yeah, I don't think they're an advertiser. I think we're okay with that. Yeah, no, I'm not the biggest fan. It's By not the, the way, place if I you're choose. You're opening up a restaurant and want to put it in downtown Peoria. Mm-hmm. We've got some great spots. Oh, we, we can do recommend great for spots, you, mostly so Craig and I can walk somewhere else. Yes, Jersey Mike's, which is in East Peoria. If you guys can come over here into this part of the area, I would be very happy. That Penn, would make me very, very happy. Penn Station isn't bad. Nah, not as good as Jersey Mike's. Are they an advertiser? Penn Station? I, I think. I think so. Up. I keep checking. I keep looking up. Not that my take would change. I would just <laughs> no, be quieter. No, although yeah. uh, Great Harvest is uh, doing pretty well. They down are, the street, and they're fun, too. and they're yeah. really sweet. Uh, the people there. Oh yeah, uh, Great for Harvest. Sure. And actually, also, if you go check out uh, the coffee shop on the other side of the street, inside the Twin Towers, right at the bottom there, Cultured Grounds. Yeah, that's a good spot too. I've heard that. Yeah, really uh, friendly people there. Uh, Sam, who runs it, very very nice. I just got a text from someone that said, "Hey, can you say this on the radio? It smells like burnt plastic outside." <laughs> Yes, it does. I was telling, I was telling you off the air earlier yeah. that uh, I saw a meme or something that said something to the words of something to the effect of that uh, it smells like God's burning a pizza. Yeah, it, if he <laughs> if he is, he should take it out of the oven. Yeah, that's that's a moment. Yeah, he, yeah, it feels like um, my college days when somebody burned a pizza and the whole floor uh, looked like that outside all the time. I'm, I'm reminded not of fun. Uh, growing up with my you know the uh, smoke detector being too close to the kitchen mm-hmm. at my parents' house and it would go off for everything. Oh my God! And then you just <laughs> unplug it. You just take the battery yeah, you out. Take the battery, yeah. which you're not supposed which to do. Which doesn't seem like the right thing to do, right? Which you can't do now anyway because no. you get a new smoke detector and they have the self-contained batteries by the way i have a, now the law i have a smart smoke de- smoke detector have i ever told you about that why am i not surprised okay, that you do good. and we'll talk about that later you do some news <laughs> i'll be back in a bit 1470 100.3 wmbd it's the craig collins show uh hasn't happened for a bit she's been very busy my wife betty in studio how are you doing good craig Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being here. How <laughs> sweet of you. Um, you've got some uh, fancy new um, equipment for your job Oh, my God. I'm just, like, blowing up. I mean, my brain is just so happy. Yeah. I don't know. You I had don't a, have the words. You had a very old computer that was very, very slow and seemed like it really didn't want to be a computer anymore. Yeah. And so they got you a fancier computer, and then they switched, like, a screen for you. Yeah. And your office seems very high-tech now. It seems yes. very fancy. Yes. yes. So you're, you're very happy about yes. that. I, 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 <laughs> I was expecting for, like, just, like, a little bit 
bit of updated an upgrade computer. from one to another, yeah. And then I you started got a big upgrade. Work, working on the computer. It was like, what is this? Is this a flash computer? <laughs> is it going to yes. work for yes. me now? Yes, you've been texting me that throughout the day today. You have a flash computer, which I love the way you're descri- – do you mean like the flash, the superhero? Yes, okay. yes. Yeah, so you have a, I say a flash superhero computer. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I wish awesome. you just ask the computer, just, can you do this and for me? And it can do it for you? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. don't tell Will that because Will Stevenson complains about the, the computer quality in our oh, newsrooms. Really? Yeah. yeah, just don't, don't let him know that you uh, are happy with your computer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, some things out there. I wanted to discuss with you uh, just quickly, and then we'll do your word of the day. Uh, Betty teaches everybody Spanish one word at a time, so the Spanish word of the day in just a bit. Uh, but I saw this on a place I love on the Internet. It's called Am I the Jerk is what I always say online. It's on Reddit. Uh, the actual um, place is Am I the A Word, um, which I think I could actually at times say on the radio, but I'm not going to say it here. Uh, but anyway, um, Am I the Jerk is, is a place. People go. They tell stories. They ask who's the jerk. Uh, This woman said she lives in a big city. I don't think she said which one. And she regularly commutes on the train. She says that guys have flirted with her, hit on her. Uh, She says even harassed her on the train. So she has a rule. No guy is allowed to sit next to her on the train when she sits down. And so she was sitting on the train, she said, and there were a group of people on the train with her. And actually it was a pretty busy uh, Friday commute. And she put her bag on the seat next to her. And then when people were trying to sit on it, she'd tell them no. Eventually she got in an altercation. And eventually someone that worked on the train actually got involved and moved her to a handicapped chair so that people could actually use the chairs. Uh, the reason I bring this up and we talk about both of us lived in Chicago for a long time. Yep. We both took the train a whole lot. All we both time. saw the bag move yep. where someone sits oh down God, and puts yes. the bag in the yes. seat next to them. Yes, and if it's a crowded train and there's people all over it, the bag move is, is not a move that works. No, it's not. It's a move no, that fails. So what's your thought on this story and this young woman, 23, who said she doesn't – and here's some of the stuff she said. She doesn't even like to talk to men on the train, and they always want to talk to her. And for that reason, she wants them to stay away and not sit next well, to her. Well, she needs to ride a bicycle or, like, <laughs> a buy, a, like, a super cheap car. Sure. Or, like, just walk because mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's not a good idea. It's to not going to work that. out. No, yeah, it's right. not going to work right. out. Right. And this doesn't mean that you have to subject yourself to people who are actually, like, breaking the law and harassing you. If that happens, you can report that and people get in trouble. Uh, that's a good thing. If people are just bothering you, uh, that's part of public commuting. Yeah, yeah, that happens everywhere. It happens here, it happens Mexico. I was telling you about it, like, I ha- that happens to me when I was, like, a teenager going to high school, mm-hmm. and uh, you just got to live with it, like, I especially mean, when, I mean, you yeah. can ask for help, but right. literally, like, if you... Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, I, I want to make sure that people understand what you're saying. You're not saying that if someone, like, harasses you physically and, and grabs you or something that you have to live with that. People don't have to live with that. You could go to the police. You could report that. People get in trouble. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. probably I'm not the right person to answer uh, to talk about questions. that. Cause, yeah, it's like because in Mexico it's totally different. Like, I know. At the bus, I know. You, it's like a packed bus and nobody cares, mm-hmm. you know. Like, you cannot ask anybody for help. It's yeah. your, your own and you decide what to do. You get out of the bus yes. and wait for the next one. Right. And or walk. Yeah, like, no, I worse, usually walk. Worse things definitely happen in Mexico. And there are times when it's nice to get the perspective from you of, of how things are, are different there than here. Yeah. Um, but if, if someone's making you uncomfortable on a, on a public transit, you can get up, you can leave, you can, you can move somewhere else. Yeah. These are all things you're, you're supposed to do. Uh, but you can't just reserve seats next to you and tell everybody to no, shut that's up. Wrong. That's not going to work. Yeah. Wrong, that's wrong. Not, that's not a good move. And then you get put in a handicapped seat, which is a thing she <laughs> thought she was happy about. That also is something people will not like no. because it's taking that seat from someone who may need it exactly. that actually has yeah, a handicap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's interesting, the extremes, because uh, this actually reminded me of a story 
uh, maybe a month or two ago and some audio I played of a young woman that was walking out of like a, a mall. And mm-hmm. it sounded like she was getting approached by a guy who was going to ask her for money, ask her for change. Yeah, I remember that. Uh-huh. And she just screamed at him like, no, no, <laughs> and just like yelled so crazy that he eventually like ran away. And then she went viral. How, how, how is no, <laughs> she, she went, she went she, viral. Come on, you need more no, energy. No, 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 I shouldn't do it one more time. No, that's enough. She went viral and she was defending herself by saying like, she doesn't know if someone's going to be a creepy, terrible person. Yes. So that's how she reacts to a man who walks up to her in yes. public and talks to her alone. <laughs> that level of fear is is irrational most of the time, uh, which is, thank God, a thing in our society. And so you're not. You're, the excuse can't be that the extreme, uh, the risk of the extreme is, is so um, scary that you act like an insane person uh, as often as you do. And both of these feel similar to me in that world. Um, some other things, just quickly, I wanted to throw this at you, too. I think you're going to like this story. You're going to find it very sweet. Uh, a woman, her name is Jess. I went viral on social media. Uh, she's an influencer, I guess. And she said even though she's based in New York, uh, that she went to New Jersey. And while she was in New Jersey, she lost a shoe. Um, someone tracked her down and returned her shoe to her. And this is, a, this is quote, a real-life Cinderella story because she has fallen in love with the man that returned her shoe to her. Uh, 2.3 million views on social media. Uh, she's telling her friends, her family, everybody about it. I don't know if they're even actually dating. Uh, but she found out a lot about him. He goes, uh, he's from her hometown. Um, how exactly he tracked her down, I guess, is an interesting hmm. uh, part of the meet cute, too. But a real life Cinderella story is playing out in the world. Should this guy date this woman because she likes him so? If he's single. If uh, he's single, yes. A hundred percent. Okay, yeah, good, good. Yes. That she's fallen in love with him now already and is talking. 2.3 million. As I said, views on social media, uh, wow. a lot of pressure. Yeah, pressure with that woman. She wants it to be the beginning of a story that they eventually make into a Hallmark movie. And then, yes, a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably, okay. Yeah. And you'll watch the movie? Yes, Who would yes. you cast in the movie? Who would be the actor and actress for you? I love Julia Roberts. I knew you were going to say oh that. Oh, my God. She's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I love her. Yeah. Um, okay, let me just real quick say, you, you were on the plane recently. and yeah. You flew to Mexico. You flew yeah. home. Uh, you got home, and you had watched most of a Julia Roberts movie on the yeah, plane. Yes. What was that movie? Uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. My Best Friend's Wedding. And then what did you tell me uh, the night you got home? Or yeah. actually the night, the, I think because we went right to sleep. Friend. The next yeah. night, uh, what the did you say? Day. It's like, Craig, I had, just, I had just 10 minutes left like, on that movie, I and need I to- need to finish it. <laughs> I need to see the rest of it, Craig. I need to see. I need anything to see what happens. Yeah. Anything we can do, right. we can like download whatever. Uh-huh. We'll pay for anything. We'll no, buy no, it. No, no, free trial, free trial first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we found an app that was totally free that had it. But yes, I, yes. I loved that. How how um, uh, much you needed to know how that movie ended. Did, did, I, it's just like it's just like I don't know. It's when you watch a movie for like almost like the end, like for an hour and mm-hmm. forty minutes, and mm-hmm. you don't know what oh, happened at the end. I was like. I mean, I'm in suspense for right. two or three days, and that's not cool. <laughs> it always happens when you're on a flight that sometimes you don't make it. So the 1997 My Best Friend's Wedding, uh, what is your uh, review of it now that you've seen the whole thing? You saw the ending. Did you love it? Does yes, it get I like two it. Betty thumbs up? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, how Uh-oh. how can you dislike Julia Roberts, though? Yeah, she's pretty good. Pretty good, especially in that movie. Uh, I think she's pretty good. All right, um, before I let you go, uh, what is your word of the day? Do you have a Spanish word of the day for today? Yes, Greg. I don't want to give you a, a hard time because you're you seem like you're in a speed move. 
Am I in speed mode speed, today? Speed mode. Okay. Like going around the, the building yeah. and helping me with the cable. I, yeah. And, I was checking on you a lot today. Yes. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to give Craig like a very oh, so difficult word. You're being nice to me because of how much I helped you with your technology yes. today. All right. Yes. But even though you helped me a lot, I still have to give you something difficult. <laughs> you're, putting, you're putting your hands in the air. <laughs> What's the word, Betty? Uh, well, it's related with uh, what is going on out mm-hmm. there, outside, the in smokiness. the sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The word of the day, Craig, actually, it is two words. Mm-hmm. It is, um, the name is monoxido de carbono. Monoxido de carbono. Monoxido. <laughs> <laughs> Monoxido. I get that right? <laughs> Try it again, please. Monoxido. Monoxido. I crushed it. And then what's the other part? De carbono. De carbono. De carbono. So it's carbon monoxide. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, you got it. it. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So you think there's a lot of that out there right yeah. now? Oh, my God. Looks Don't like you it. see? A lot I of smoke. Like... A lot of smokiness. Yes, yes. Yeah. When I arrive here in the morning, like around 7 something, 720, mm-hmm. I saw the guys already working. There are like a bunch of people, construction people. Yeah, doing work outside all day Working outside in their yeah. roofs of some of the buildings yeah. outside. Yeah. And I was wondering, it's like, oh, my God. I mean, the whole eight hours are they going to breathe? Whatever it is out good. there, yes. uh, it's, it's No, I even like... got a text message from somebody that said, I just uh, uh, punched out of my shift today, worked outside all day. I hope I'm okay. And I said, I hope I hope you're okay, too. I imagine people are okay. Yeah, firefighters, think... pe- yeah. people actually who lives in Canada, how are they dealing yeah. with this? I don't know if they have what we have, right? I feel like it's all blown our direction, uh, but that's a good question. Uh, but I did see somewhere that people said that if you're not sensitive, if you don't have asthma or other things, yeah. uh, that none of this is likely to, to hurt okay, you we're long gonna term. Survive, right? We're going to survive, right? We're going to survive. Yes, okay. You're good. <laughs> are you scared when you look out the window, though, on the 12th no, floor? No, I mean, I, I, yesterday I saw, I, 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 I saw it, and then I told it was, okay. Mm-hmm. We have a little bit of fog on mm-hmm. the air, and then I went to TikTok, my favorite app. app, app yes. And then I was like, okay. Your favorite it, app. <laughs> it's not, right. It is not fog. Yeah, it you do use TikTok a lot, and you send me a lot of TikTok videos. Yes. And that's the something you do. Uh, by the way, I'm now getting text messages for other Julia Roberts movies that Betty should go watch. Yay. Uh, this is Thank real. You. Thank you, everybody. Um, uh, Mystic Pizza is one that someone just texted from the I, 309. I haven't seen it. It's young Julia Roberts before she's famous. So okay. So thinking Betty might like that one. Yeah. That's just one of several movies. Pretty Woman is another one that someone yeah, said. Saw, yeah, of okay. course. Yes, and you I, saw that I in saw Spanish? That yeah, in Spanish. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, well, uh, give us more Julia Roberts movies for Betty to watch <laughs> if you want to. And then someone else uh, warned you to get off TikTok. They said it's dangerous. You're getting spied yeah. on. Oh, stuff. God. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I did it one day and a half. That you deleted TikTok <laughs> yes. and then you yes, went back and, on. Yes. And then, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I couldn't. It's just Because you, you like the, the well, you cheery, know nice what? videos it's so the only The I, pandemic the did this to you. Yeah. The, yeah. the only platform that I uh, kind of like stick with it, I yeah. don't follow up. No. Uh, Facebook, Twitter. No. Uh, um, nope. You're off all the other yeah. stuff. Yeah. But during the pandemic, when we yeah. had to be inside, but all it the was time. your fault, Craig, because you no. said it's like, no. oh, have you been, have you ever seen this t- TikTok app? Ready? I was like, no, and I started to look. I was like, oh, this is uh-uh. fun. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope, that's a, that's a fake news. What you just did there. I did not tell you about the whole app. I told you about one little kid that wound up going viral, Chef Kobe. Chef Kobe. That was on TikTok and on Instagram. Yep. And I was talking about it on my radio show. Yep. Adorable little kid that he cooks. He was signing up probably now. He's three. Now he's totally old, old and you five. cook. So I showed you. Chef Chef Kobe videos, and you're like, where'd you find those? And then I said TikTok, and then you downloaded TikTok. Yeah, I was like, what is TikTok? And yeah. I was like, okay, this TikTok but is I, I didn't, I didn't just come cool. to you. I, I want people to know. I didn't start your TikTok <laughs> addiction because of TikTok. It was an adorable baby well, who was you, cooking just, food. You suggested. Like, very, <laughs> probably you will like TikTok because you I are love, like a very graphic uh, yeah. people. Like, you I, like to see, like... Yeah. 
art and all that stuff. Yeah, I love I love how I'm blamed for thing. Okay, fine. Okay, I I'm sorry, no, it's, now you're probably right. <laughs> um, now someone is sending me pictures of Julia Roberts. I'm not going to show you those, Betty. All right, quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, I want to talk about this quickly. Uh, there was a first-of-its-kind race that happened. Uh, this was at Emerald Downs in Washington uh, State. Uh, near, uh, kind of near Seattle, Auburn's uh, Emerald Downs. It was the first ever grandparents race. Uh, they put um, human beings, people, uh, grandparents, into the boxes that the horses would burst out of at the beginning of a horse race, and they did a little bit of the anchoring. Uh, and actually, I think I have the local uh, Fox 13 Seattle coverage of this, uh, so I'll play a little bit of it. Uh, people fell down, uh, and people thought this was awesome and amazing. Um, I don't, I don't know how I feel about a part of it um, because. If I were the age uh, to be uh, a grandparent, which I think I'm, I'm actually pretty close. I know people uh, in their late 30s who are already grandparents. Not a lot, uh, but I know a few. Um, I don't think that I would I would be thrilled at the gimmicky idea of grandparent racing. Uh, people did uh, find this amusing, though, and enjoyed it, uh, mostly because I would I would take it as seriously as some of the people in this seem to take it and try as hard as I could to win. And that means you might uh, bite the dust on, on television. But here we go. So uh, it was Grandparents Weekend at Emerald Down, so in between races, the racetrack hosted their first <laughs> ever. Look at this! Oh, oh, oh gosh! Oh, More people going down. Too. This is a grandparents race. I hope everything everyone was okay. Me too. Oh my gosh! Oh, down goes oh, Grandpa. Say, I hope everybody's okay, as they say. Down goes Grandpa. The biggest reason I I, I think that there's you know a, at least a, a secondary component to this, uh, which most people are saying is just an otherwise sort of a happy uh, story, is I can't envision my 90 year old grandmother uh, being um, um, wise to race in anything. And actually, the one thing that I love about the idea of telling Grandma that there'd be a grandparents race that she could participate in is she would do uh, the grandma version of no, uh, which would be to tell me to sit down uh, like my uh, very Italian grandmother does all the time, uh, make me a meatball, which is another thing that grandma does every single time, and then feed me the meatball and tell me to be quiet now <laughs> in response to me giving her any sort of bad idea. Uh, my grandmother uh, is the kind of person that believed her meatballs were medicinal, and they might be. They might have cured us uh, from certain illnesses. Uh, she's also someone who's uh, deeply Catholic, and this is another way that I describe my grandmother to people uh, that never met her. Uh, so Catholic, in fact, that if you were a Jehovah's Witness or anyone and you knocked on the door, uh, she would invite you inside. She'd listen to your pitch, and then she'd try to convert you to Catholicism. It was my favorite thing. I saw it done multiple times uh, where she would say, my turn now. And then, and also you'd get served a meatball. If you went into her house, you'd get a nice meatball on a plate, and then you'd be told why your religion was wrong. It was, it was, it was fun to watch, as I said a second ago. Uh, other things out there, uh, just quickly, uh, and then I'll throw to the news. Will's got you covered in the top five at five. Uh, coming up in about eight or nine minutes, um, a woman went viral online for saying that she taught her boyfriend how to do her nails to the salon standard. Uh, she said she was spending about $800 a year on getting her nails done at the salon, and she didn't want to spend that money anymore, and the boyfriend didn't want her to spend that money anymore. So she asked him, he learned, and he now does her nails for her. Uh, if my wife is listening, I will never do this. Uh, this is not something I will ever do. Uh, the guy is 27. His name is Blake. Uh, he's very proud of it. He got a gel nail kit, and apparently he's quite good at it, uh, according to the missus. Uh, but this is going to be a no for me, uh, not a road I'm going down. I feel like it's it's an enhancement of the somewhat sweet thing that you see when, like, dad does makeup with his kid or somebody. It's just I, if you want it done that often and all the time and there's standards to it, there's a lot of reasons 
that I would decline on this, but she's she's happy. Uh, she says that she picked the right man because of his his nail uh, skill. Fourteen seventy. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff uh, to talk about out there in the world. Uh, first, uh, this is interesting to me. Uh, it's kind of, you know, uh, a significant topic for a lot of people who uh, care or are fans of her. But Madonna was found unresponsive uh, and has been hospitalized. Um, she is being treated for a severe uh, bacterial infection. Um, but she was she was found unresponsive, I think, in New York City and immediately um, brought to a hospital uh, there uh, where she is expected to make a full recovery. Uh, but that's a story that was landing all over a lot of places in the world of media. And as a top five at five right now, a five something uh, on a Wednesday, uh, it feels like it might be a top five story. Uh, but other stuff out there in the world that also is significant, of course, uh, the crazy smoke uh, outside the uh, windows right now as I sit on the 12th floor of the um, um, Civic Center Plaza. I, I know that a lot of people would wonder what's going on. If you don't know, uh, Canadian wildfires are responsible for the air quality and this sort of stuff. And then wind patterns that have been blowing uh, this air um, mostly to other places. I think there were viral photos of a really orange kind of ominous uh, New York City and other places on the East Coast. Uh, it's likely to be here for a day or two and then leave. Uh, so air quality won't be great tomorrow either. And then it could come back in another week or so. Uh, it's something that is likely to linger for a bit, according to a lot of other uh, sources out there. And then, of course, there's conversations people are having that aren't necessarily tied uh, to what's going on outside the window. Uh, but that feels to be the most significant part of the news uh, as far as how you or I or anyone is impacted uh, by any of the wildfires in Canada. Uh, some other stories. Uh, this one, to me, should be the biggest political story. And it should have been the biggest political story for a while now, uh, even with Trump and the leaked audio and all that stuff out there. Um, the way I'll make the argument is that the guy who's currently in the White House, if he has a scandal surrounding him, that will always be bigger than anyone else who's not in the White House, no matter who they are, no matter what's going on. And so the Hunter Biden scandal continues to grow. And it's grown so much that CBS News, uh, much like when they finally um, – said that the Hunter Biden laptop was authentic and they had people actually um, look into that for them. Uh, they did that much, much later uh, than any other of the news organizations that has talked about it has done. Uh, but still, there's a bunch of legacy media that hasn't done this. Uh, now they're interviewing and talking to uh, the IRS whistleblower who still works at the IRS, uh, which is a unique caveat to understand, uh, saying that the way in which they investigated Hunter Biden's wrongdoings uh, and the things they inevitably charged him with were all really, really different than the way that they're supposed to do this stuff. Here is part of that CBS coverage, including some news anchoring and some of the questions they asked uh, to the whistleblower. Shapley provided lawmakers this contemporaneous email he wrote after an October meeting last year. Shapley says Weiss told him the opposite, that Weiss is not the deciding person on whether charges are filed. It was just shocking to me. Shapley, who is still working for the IRS, told us that even before President Biden took office, he was directed to avoid leads involving Hunter's father. There were certain investigative steps that we weren't allowed to take that could have led us to President Biden. All right. So here, I'm going to assume that's true for a second. And I don't know. Uh, whistleblowers don't, um, you know, for sure, always tell us the truth. But I'm going to assume it's true for a couple reasons. Uh, the first one I'm going to assume it's true is let's say this did occur. 
uh, that uh, during the presidential run, before Biden wins election even, if you start investigating this, but he's a political opponent of Donald Trump, who's doing very well on the Democratic side of the aisle and eventually the nominee, uh, choosing not to bring any charges against him. This will sound wrong, and a whole lot of people uh, might hate this take. Is something I actually agree with because it wouldn't upend and interfere with our political system. It's too bad that those kind of rules are only on one side of the aisle and not both. Uh, But I've said multiple times on this show now that if you were ever to bring charges against Trump for anything you claim he did that was wrong, you should have waited till this political season, uh, this presidential election was over uh, and see if he actually uh, wins. I know that he could pardon himself. Uh, That's the risk you take, I guess, of allowing our political system to work and not be impacted uh, by the moves of the judicial department. I'm not saying someone is above the law even though evidently several people not named Trump, in fact, are above the law. I'm just saying it makes sense. So if that occurred uh, while they were still in a race to see who was going to win uh, the presidency, I actually think it was the right decision, however uh, wrong it may feel. Uh, But I don't think that you would give up on that forever. I would tell uh, people to probably continue investigating at least, but not actually officially bring charges uh, till after the entirety of the uh, election season was over. Because if you don't want the judicial system to interfere with our elections, uh, then you don't want that on both sides. And I know uh, people who are like, come on, Craig, uh, Biden is guilty. This is ridiculous to say it that way. I am I am uh, definitive about some of my takes, uh, no matter who they benefit and who they don't. And it is why I see I think the um, the court cases against Trump right now are inherently uh, easy to pick apart as being politically uh, valuable and politically motivated. Uh, But anyway, after that occurs, I would be all for the investigation to continue. And when he says that the biggest reason why uh, they didn't do it is because of the likelihood of finding uh, Biden potentially responsible for some of this. And I'll play a little bit of this again. It is fascinating uh, to me uh, because every single thing that has been told to us in public by people who are, according to this whistleblower, very much lying about the way in which they allowed uh, the U.S. attorney to investigate this, David Weiss or, or anything else, Weiss or anything else uh, involved in it. Uh, just to me, again, it screams of of politically biased system and all the things that, again, uh, seem to benefit uh, the candidacy for president of Donald Trump. But here, a little bit more of the CBS coverage uh, mentioning how he was prevented from un- investigating or charging anything that would have somehow tied to the current president of the United States. There were certain investigative steps that we weren't allowed to take that could have led us to President Biden. And you wanted to take them? We needed to take them. And you weren't allowed to take them? That's correct. Okay, so if the the system is applied equally to everybody, if no one is above the law, then not only did they need to take them, they they should have and they had to take them. Uh, so again, if if we're we're saying what we're saying is true about Trump right now and about uh, the judicial system, ignoring any sort of of impact on our political system, uh, then Hunter Biden should have been brought to a lot more justice in the world of the counts and the investigation and everything against him. And I wasn't saying I want people to understand this clearly, that you never uh, bring these charges against Hunter Biden uh, or or against even the current president of the United States. Uh, but you do wait for the the uh, political process to play out to not disrupt it. I think that that is or though you certainly report it, uh, by the way, too. Uh, and those reports, of course, nowhere in the world of any sort of media. Uh, but I just find this fascinating that this is still not more places. Uh, CBS News has folded. Very few other legacy outlets have. Uh, and the easiest um, way to shout this all down 
is just say that guy's lying and just ignore it. Uh, but if we can decide uh, who's lying and who's telling the truth, uh, something else that I'll say and I've been saying for a few days is how do you definitively know if you're someone that thinks that what's going on with Trump is right and, and fair and just, uh, that he's not, uh, that he wasn't lying on the audio recording when he said he was holding a classified document that they never found. They never found the specific document uh, being referenced uh, at Mar-a-Lago uh, when they raided it. And so maybe he was lying and he didn't have a classified document in his hand when he was saying to people that he did. I don't know why that doesn't fit with the Trump uh, that the laughter or, you know, derangement syndrome media or whatever you want to call it has been telling us that person has been for so long. But I digress. One last thing. Top five at five. I don't think I did five. I'm not even going to get close to five. But I wanted to play. I thought this was funny. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is our transportation secretary. Uh, Pete Boot Ed Edge, I think, is how Trump says it sometimes. Um, he uh, gave a press conference that was very much planned. Uh, he went to, I think, South Carolina to do it. He, of course, had to board a plane to fly somewhere. And then this is what he said at the beginning of his press conference, which uh, I found hilarious um, because he is the transportation secretary who's supposed to be in charge of making that system work great. We got hit with some pretty tough weather. It's affected a lot of flights. Uh, I reached my hotel room at about 2.30 in the morning last night after my flight got canceled and the next <laughs> one got delayed. A lot of Americans are going through the same Got canceled, thing. got delayed. Uh, it's terrible. What I will say is that overall we've seen the system perform but much better great. than it did a year ago. And I think that Things reflects good. Uh, the work we've done. I think it reflects the airline stepping up. I want to give them credit where credit is due. So it seems the plan of uh, the Biden administration and all the other people put in positions uh, by the Biden administration is just to tell you that things are great. And for Pete Buttigieg, uh, Mayor Pete, to tell you that his system is operating way better than it did a year ago uh, if you minus out all of December. If that part doesn't count, then the rest of the time things have been pretty good. Although I did get a flight canceled and a flight delayed on my way here to talk about how great our transportation system is going. It's a bit of a cheap shot, but still hilarious nonetheless. A quick, quick break, a lot more. Uh, 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, let's do this. What is AirCon flu? Uh, that is a question that's being asked in social media. Uh, no, it's not another thing that um, is going to get a whole lot of people sick and shut a bunch of stuff down. It's not what it is. Uh, air con flu is air conditioner uh, related illnesses. Uh, we get these if we try to keep ourselves too cool, uh, according to a study from all the way back in 2004 uh, that apparently is remaking the rounds. Uh, you get just the basic level of, of flu-like symptoms for a couple days. Uh, if you're going outside and it's very hot out and then everywhere else you're living, you're in a pretty significantly um, turned up air conditioning type of life. Uh, apparently, this can make you sick. Um, at least they found in a couple studies, especially in uh, poorly ventilated areas uh, and buildings where they might be really blasting the AC on just parts of the building. Like if you're in an area where uh, maybe it's working great, but somewhere down the hall, it's not. Uh, so your office, your uh, workspace wind up, winds up being way colder uh, than anyone else in your in your office. Uh, and this is a New York Post article I found from today uh, that, as I said, is, is making the rounds a lot. It can it can have an impact on your health. Uh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Uh, unwashed pillowcases are also really, really gross, uh, according to a recent study. Amerisleep um, is the organization that paid for and shared the report. 17,000 uh, times the amount of germs exist on your unwashed pillowcase after one week than typically exist on the average toilet seat inside a home. Uh, that is real gross. Uh, the reason why is the amount of times you clean them. 
Uh, people uh, clean the toilet seat a lot, apparently, enough for it to not harbor this many germs. Uh, people are way less likely to clean the pillowcases or change the linens and stuff on their bed. And if you don't change that kind of stuff, if you don't change it routinely and weekly, uh, which is something that we do in my house, mostly because of my wife, uh, which I, I help out with. I put them in the washing machine. I put them in the dryer. I bring them upstairs. I help put the stuff in the bed. I know one attack me for not doing my job right with this. Uh, but these things actually keep you both healthy and, um, and you know, clean uh, because things get bad uh, quickly, mostly if you, if you drool when you uh, sleep, uh, which is something that some of us do a lot of uh, and don't feel great about. Uh, but I guess they put all those kind of things in a Petri dish, let them grow, and uh, the pillowcases really, really outdid uh, the other things. Uh, another story I saw out there that I thought was just kind of pretty funny and sort of a, a very uh, quick um, run-through topic segment uh, before we get to good story, bad story, which is coming up after the news. An aggressive cow, which is what it was called in social media, was terrorizing a bunch of students at a Pennsylvania college over the weekend. What I love about this is it's sort of twofold. So the cops on the um, college campus started tweeting things out about how you should stay away from the cow. The animal is not safe to approach. And then eventually saying things like, do not approach, do not touch the cow, because they were having two scenarios. They were having students that were really, really afraid of a, a cow run amok, run a loose, uh, doing crazy things uh, on campus. And then also people who were the exact opposite of afraid, uh, maybe people who were having a few drinks on a college campus. I'm not sure. It was on a Saturday uh, who wound up getting, you know, um, hit or flipped or something happening in the world. No one was seriously injured. Uh, so that's good. But I don't know why I found this so funny, uh, the idea that you would wake up one day in college if you're a young person, uh, especially uh, the types of young people uh, that I've talked about at times on this show who might have things like menu anxiety, uh, which I was talking about earlier, uh, which is a, a young person who gets a lot of anxiety in a restaurant while ordering off of a menu. Uh, so they do things like check beforehand, pick what they want, and then pretend as though uh, they're reading a menu in person, and then a cow running loose on a campus uh, with students who might struggle with those other things, because that's got to feel like a day where you want to quit. If you're already um, someone who's struggling uh, in some way, shape, or form, I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'm just saying that if you wake up and you hear cow loose on campus, you're probably like, man, no, pack it in. I'm, I'm staying in home today. I'm not doing any of this stuff. I'm, I'm giving myself as, as little to do as possible, because that would just feel so surreally unbelievable uh, that it's the kind of thing that, again, I imagine would, would trigger more of those feelings, uh, not less. Uh, another thing that I saw, uh, which I thought was kind of um, interesting out there, there is a new triple G weight loss drug that might be even better uh, than Ozempic, uh, according to a, a different trial. Uh, the way I reacted to this, and, and I thought it, I don't know, because um, this is, I guess, a new uh, fad. I've seen uh, more and more reactions or references to uh, some sort of pill people take. You don't really change your diet much at all, uh, but the pill does all that for you. A lot of celebrities are doing it in a very short amount of time. Uh, you can lose a lot of weight. Uh, some people said they've lost like 50, 60 pounds in as little as uh, three or four months uh, by just taking uh, a pill. And I, I wonder if it's because of the pandemic or if it's uh, something else that's in my brain. Uh, but this feels like a, a bad thing to start being really reliant on as a society um, I know it's hard to lose weight. I'm, I'm not working out. I'm the heaviest I've ever been at like 175, 176 pounds and 510. Uh, so I could lose some weight. It wouldn't be a bad thing. I could work out a little bit, but at the same, at the same time, 
I don't know if I'd ever turn to, uh, even if, you know, uh, my weight uh, changed even more, uh, something like a pill uh, to just try to, and with the world of celebrity and the world of a lot of young people who are taking this, it's not because of an extreme uh, desire for a, like a giant change. It's just smaller changes that people are wondering or wanting. And this pill actually used to be used to treat diabetes. Um, Both of them did. And now they're being used quite a bit as sort of a, a, I would almost call it recreational uh, version of a use to just um, lose weight uh, via medicine. And there are side effects. Those things do exist. Uh, so again, I, I wonder if these are, and I know uh, it's, you know, an interesting way to say it because even I have audio of uh, our president, of President Biden, uh, saying that his administration finally defeated Big Pharma, the first win against Big Pharma. I think a lot of people would disagree with whether or not the Biden administration uh, defeated Big Pharma. But stuff like this feels like it's designed to just prop up uh, an industry um, and to prop up an industry significantly so in ways that are not necessarily at all, I know, shocking take, at all uh, beneficial to us. So I just, I worry about that. I worry about the the idea that more and more people will see some sort of success story online about a weight loss drug that they take, and then they start to, and the, the biggest, the most significant reason I think I have concern for this, uh, not to rant about it for too long, Uh, is the idea that every single study that says that these drugs help uh, says if you stop taking them, you lose all of that, uh, whatever success you had in in changing uh, your weight. And so it's essentially a drug you have to take for life uh, because all of the the wins, gains, whatever you call them, uh, they all go away. They all disappear quite quickly. And so it essentially says to me, all of these studies, that there is no shortcut that the greatest path to changing anything is the long version, not the short version. But anyway, on that note, I'll take a break. A lot more coming up in a bit, including a good story, bad story, uh, which is where I talk about one thing that proves our society is doing great. Uh, People are inherently good. Uh, The world, as you know, it is something you can trust and be happy to be a part of. And then another story that doesn't exactly say the same thing. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff. Let's do some good story, bad story uh, real quick here. First, a couple good stories. I have more than one for you. Uh, A couple uh, by the names of Wilson and Shireen uh, moved into a a new home in Rhode Island. Uh, They have a couple kids as well. Um, Quickly, they realized that their neighbor, uh, a man named Paul, who was 82 years old, uh, lived alone. Uh, so they walked over and they're like, hey, uh, you need anything, anything we can do to help? And I guess they uh, created an unlikely friendship. Uh, Paul, 82, uh, had lost his wife six months before they moved in, and he was helping out with the kids sometimes. Uh, they now call him Honorary Grandpa. Uh, they even gave him gifts for Father's Day. Uh, apparently, uh, both uh, the uh, man and then the family are just um, thrilled uh, at the situation and how it all kind of transpired. And I have even a little bit of audio, I think, uh, talking about um, or a moment in which um, uh, Paul, 82 years old, honorary grandpa, uh, walked her uh, child across the street. And you can hear her kind of talking about how awesome it is uh, to have somebody uh, that feels like family so quickly uh, just six months after moving into a place. Paul, you walked him back across the street. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, children are precious. See you later. Hey, children are precious. See you later. Uh, Apparently, they go over all the time and hang out with him. He comes over and hangs out with them all the time. And as I said, uh, they even offered him an honorary uh, Father's Day gift uh, because he's the new grandpa of the family. And he said uh, the same thing when the, uh, I think, news covered this story uh, for him, uh, that this is just sort of a lovely kind of surprise and almost credits his his late wife with 
uh, creating a situation where he's he's got uh, a lot of the people all of a sudden in his life again. That story is very cool. Another good story out there. A guy in Minnesota uh, flipped his car. Uh, this happened last week and collapsed on the train track. So he flipped his car and wound up about a mile away from it. Uh, he's OK, though, because a drone saved his life. Uh, police in the area found the empty car. I used a drone to scan all of the surrounding uh, area and within a small amount of time wound up finding him, as I said, over a mile away on some train tracks. There was a train two miles away uh, that had to be stopped so they could remove this man. Uh, But he is alive because the cops had the equipment and the ability uh, to use the equipment to save somebody's life. So a very cool story there as well. Uh, We can't do good story without doing bad story. Uh, Those are the rules. Here are two bad stories. Uh, The first one, there is now a flame-throwing robot dog that's available for people to buy. Uh, It is equipped with a ridiculous flamethrower that is something that would have been uh, akin to something used in, in, like, military conflicts. Uh, They call it the Flamebot 9000. Uh, You can buy this thing, or the uh, Therminator, I think, is another um, sort of joke name for it. Uh, It's basically just uh, the regular AI-looking, doesn't really look like a robot, or excuse me, like a dog, uh, but they call it a dog. And then it also has a ridiculous uh, flame. Like, a part of me wants it. The reason I call it a bad idea is there's a temptation uh, behind it. But I don't think that artificial intelligence is something you can entirely trust or feel good about. And the last thing I want to do is arm the robot dogs with flamethrowers on the off chance something goes wrong. Uh, that's a hard thing to, to defeat if you've got a bunch of robot flamethrowing dogs out there in the world. That feels like a significant challenge uh, for us. So for that reason, it made the bad story list. And then also this. Uh, I've played this game a couple times now. I know pickleball is getting more and more popular uh, all the time in our country and in uh, even our community. Uh, I know a lot of people play. Uh, but apparently it's also become very popular with people who show up at the hospital or at the doctor's office in need of health care. Uh, $400 million was spent treating pickleball-related injuries specifically uh, last year uh, by Americans. $400 million for a brand-new-ish sport. Uh, picklers are, are competing in public at parks at court spaces, and also uh, I think there's a few places you can play in town uh, that are indoors too. Uh, But because of a unique kind of set of of, um, uh, factors here, uh, one of them being that a lot of people who gravitate toward pickleball uh, gravitate toward it because the sport is easier to play on your body than, say, some other sports are. Uh, And then also, just in general, if you're learning new things and if you're playing sports, you might – you might go harder than you should. So 400 million specifically in pickleball related injuries. Again, not assuming a lot of people are going to stop playing. Uh, just, I guess, a, a warning can be thrown out there in the world of, of be uh, careful uh, if you're picking up a new sport and playing something and then you really want to win uh, very early on. And then one other thing, I thought this was interesting. And as I, as I say, an aspect of this story, it dawns on me, I'm not, it's not lost at all, uh, that people are going to have reactions that are tied to discussions in the world of politics and the world of stuff that this is not. But I remember a time in radio where this would just be considered a funny story uh, because of exactly what it's uh, about, all the all the like uh, factors of it and nothing else. You'd wrap no other ideas into this. Uh, but I saw it and we're going to try it and we're just going to talk about it. A man in Jordan, uh, Jordan, the country, 42 years old, was suffering from abdominal pain and went to the doctor. Uh, He said, hey, uh, I got some issues. What's going on? The doctor ran some tests. And to the surprise of a doctor uh, there, uh, the guy tested positive 
for pregnancy. Uh, the guy had a, a positive pregnancy test, and the doctor was like, uh, I don't think this is right. And so they do a CT scan, and the guy's fine, by the way. The end of the story is the guy's fine. Uh, they found out that he had multiple tumors in his stomach, uh, so complaining and going to the doctor's office. And out of all the things you tested him for, getting a, a positive pregnancy test as one of those options, I wound up saving his life because they removed the tumors. And apparently some of the tumors were secreting hormones that would trick a pregnancy test into thinking that you were pregnant. So the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie uh, where, you know, it's it's Mr. Mom. But this at some point, uh, if I had talked about it in our society, would be simply a silly story that a lot of people would laugh at. It is not lost on me uh, that there's probably other reactions to it. But on its on its face, if we just talk about it on its face, it's an easy one. 42-year-old guy goes to the doctor's office. He's told he's pregnant. He's like, that can't be right. The doctor's like, this can't be right. And then they check further, and he's he's got uh, a tumor uh, that they're capable of removing and saving his life. I just want to put it out there one more time uh, what the story was about because certainly it's an interesting one and a rough few days uh, for that guy where he'd be uh, very confused until eventually it all kind of makes sense and also very grateful uh, to everything that happened there. All right, quick break. By the way, I think the physician even uploaded like biopsy photos and stuff on Facebook and people uh, in the country of Jordan were reacting and finding it uh, quite um, entertaining. All right, quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Still may be a motorcycle in the road on Illinois 29 in Creve Court, the intersection of Highland after an incident earlier. Police did clear the scene, so the left turn lane is open there again. You can still get through in the right lane and the southbound lanes there. If you see anything, give us a call on the OSF Medical Group Traffic Spotter Hotline 272-1813. From the headlights to the taillights, get a free estimate of the Uftering Weston Body Shop. Owner cars or repairs guaranteed for the life of your vehicle. Uftering Weston Chevy Cadillac in Peoria. I'm TJ Carson, UftingAutoGroup.com, Traffic One. Hi, this is Dan Iorio coming up tomorrow on the Greg and Dan Show. Greg continues to be off. Uh, we'll talk to Congressman Darren LaHood. A lot of local topics, but of course the big topics and what's going on in Washington. Also, we'll watch the weather, increasing chances for rain, and the air quality has been a huge news story. That coming up tomorrow at 5.30 on the Greg and Dan Show on WMBD. What's your home worth? Knowing its true market value gives you an advantage. Get it in seconds with the Adamerick Real Estate Free Home Value Estimator. Don't sell without the intel. Visit adamerick.com. Inflation is nothing more than legalized theft. Because with every new round of money printing, the value of your 401k or IRA is decreased through the dilution of the money supply. Hi, I'm Dr. Ron Paul, and while you can, I highly recommend you consider physical gold for your retirement account. Why? Because gold provides real wealth preservation that can withstand anything. Even better, with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group, you pay no penalties or taxes when you transfer your current retirement funds. To learn more, text the word HEDGE to 989898. And my friends at Birch Gold Group will send you a free info kit on gold IRAs. Birch Gold is the only gold IRA company I trust. So text HEDGE 
to 989898 to request your free info kit right now. Pearl Technology is committed to providing solutions to help your business succeed, including two data centers that are securely located in central Illinois. That's important because in a world where pandemics and power outages can occur, housing your equipment in a local secure data center is one crucial way to maintain strong connections. We go above and beyond to ensure your system is safe, secure, and operational 24-7 so you never have to worry about downtime or loss of revenue. Learn more at PearlTechnology.com. Pearl Technology, the connection that matters most. Neuropathy can change your life. The numbness, the tingling, the burning pain can make walking or even daily tasks excruciating. If all your medications haven't worked, here's a solution. One Degree Functional Health offers a non-invasive and natural solution with over a 90% success rate. Dr. Weinman, board certified in neuropathy, is offering an exam for only $49. Hi, I'm Dr. Weinman. Our treatment allows your nerves to heal naturally and get you healthy for life by improving your health one degree at a time. Listen to the difference our neuropathy program made in this patient's life. It felt like rubber bands tightening around my toes and my feet and pulling them down. And last night I noticed that I can actually flare my toes and flex my feet, and I haven't been able to do that for many years. So one month, I told my husband I'm so happy. (laughs) Feel new again with one degree functional health. Call 698-2500 or visit OneDegreeHealth.net to book your $49 consultation today. Fourteen seventy, uh, 100.3 WMBD, it's the Greg Collins Show. Uh, lots and lots of stuff to talk about, and yet I was just informed by our newsroom uh, that there's something crazy going on in the world of our, our traffic. Uh, there's a guy uh, that probably was intoxicated uh, that was driving a motorcycle, and he's okay. He's okay enough to do a field sobriety test. But if you're out there on the roadways and you're around this situation, apparently it's been a heck of a scene. Uh, that guy was even at one point, uh, according to TJ uh, Carson, who was covering this, uh, stopped by a truck driver who was nearby. He was trying to prevent him from getting back on his motorcycle and continue to drive what he shouldn't be. Tried to pick a fight with that dude, and then the cops got there, sobriety test. Uh, handcuffs, the whole thing. So somewhere in our community right now, a heck of a scene uh, played out on the roadways. Um, I used to drive a motorcycle for a lot of years. Uh, so my first response to that story is also be safe. Uh, motorcycles are amazing things to drive. I loved my bike a lot. And I still remember the day that I miraculously survived an accident on it. Uh, and I can brag about that. I have a second. Let's do it. I've talked about this before. And I can't believe my wife won't let me get a bike Uh, Again, uh, but she was really, really adamant uh, when I was okay and my bike got destroyed that that was a that was a one off. That was God giving me, uh, you know, a freebie and I didn't want to test the waters again. Uh, But I was in Chicago and I had just gone through a red light and uh, I was stopped because somebody was turning into their apartment complex. And I looked down into my um, mirror and I see a car that's going way too fast, definitely toward me, uh, that shouldn't be uh, going that fast with a stopped person in front of them. And I just like pushed. Uh, my legs up. Uh, like I just started to stand up. If you're in a chair right now, if you're sitting in your car and you just envision yourself uh, starting to stand straight up as the car hit me and destroyed my motorcycle, it flipped out from under me. It bounced around. Uh, it was uh, very broken. Um, I just sort of flew in the air uh, like Superman, like some sort of Marvel uh, character and landed fully on my feet as the car was screeching to a halt and stopped in front of me, like right in front of me. And then uh, two uh, young women ran out and, like, said, thank God I was alive. And 
Uh, they wound up giving me their insurance, and I, I, I got a payment for the bike. Like, everything was fine. But I, I, was, I was okay. It was a surreal moment, and I was just standing there like I can't believe uh, that this ended the way it did. And so uh, 309-340-4464 is the number of the text. 309-340-4464. I'm going to say it the way that's least appropriate. I don't think I can die. I think I'm immortal. I think that I'm incapable of being taken down because I'm, I'm, you know, superhero, Spider-Man-esque reflexes. And so I, I think I deserve another motorcycle. Uh, tell me if you agree with me or if you agree with Betty uh, that I got a, a get out of jail or get out of, you know, being horribly injured uh, card from God. And I should just I'll thank my lucky stars because to me, like, I could do that again. I think that's the normal guy response to most things. Uh, that you go through that are sort of unbelievable and ridiculous, especially if you do it one. Actually, there's a, there's a viral thing going on right now on social media that I kind of love a lot. And I had some audio to play, but I'll, I'll skip it because uh, the gimmick of the audio is actually that the guy is definitely an expert in the thing um, that he's being called about. But so here's here's what you're supposed to do. This is the prank, and you're supposed to record it and put it up on social media. Uh, call the men in your life that you know. Uh, you can be a dude. It, you can be a lady. It doesn't matter. I uh, just call guys and ask them a simple question. Do you think that you could land a plane if you were on a plane and had to land it like an actual commercial airliner? If you were the one they chose, if nobody else is stepping up to the challenge and it's either a crash or land, could you do it? A ridiculous amount of guys, at least according to the prank and the, the social media thing, believe that they could land a commercial plane if put in that exact situation. And I think I might be among them. Uh, because of my motorcycle story I just told you a second ago, I think that, like, you know, if the plane is is in a situation where we got autopilot for a little while, you pop up a YouTube video, you figure some things out, and I, I think you can land it, right? Like, it mostly lands itself is what I heard today. And I know people are probably uh, screaming at the radio and telling me no. Uh, by the way, I'm getting texts that, that Betty is right and I'm wrong. Uh, so this is not surprising. Uh, Craig, did you just say you were immortal? Question mark is one of the texts I just got. I was kidding. I was kidding, 309, uh, who just sent me that, although maybe a little bit, maybe like slightly uh, immortal. But anyway, no, to go back to it, um, I think that a lot of people, a lot, and I think there's a, a reason I could explain that, uh, too, by the way, that isn't like an arrogance thing. Because I think the, the social media um, prank is supposed to demonstrate that, like, guys are, are arrogant and think we can do things that we definitely can't do, and that might exist. But I think it's a protection thing. I actually think the reason that I would, if no one else on a plane that's going to go down was willing to try to land it, uh, I think there are a lot of uh, people out there uh, that would step up and, and at least try as opposed to give up. And I think it might be more likely for that to be a guy uh, because uh, protecting others is an aspect that I think I know I'm not allowed to say uh, that things are masculine and feminine uh, in the world we live in today. But I think that's it. I think that that's the part that takes over in your brain. When you're told the, the scenario exactly like that, and then you say the thing you say. Uh, one other thing, I thought this was interesting. Uh, it's kind of a, a deep dive. Uh, but apparently uh, there are tips out there on the Internet now for any time that you're dealing with someone, uh, whether this is in a workplace or a school or anything, uh, that's a bully or someone that's trying to uh, force their will on you. It comes from a study um, from Dartmouth, and it's all about game theory and how game theory can help impact the way in which you handle those who are trying to put you in a, quote, lose-lose situation. I don't know why, uh, when I read this whole thing, I kept thinking about the world of uh, politics we're in, but it says unbending players who choose not to be uh, extorted can uh, resist by refusing to fully cooperate. They also give, us, uh, give up part of their own payoff 
uh, by the extortioner uh, who loses even more. Our work shows that when an extortioner or a, a person trying to take advantage of you is faith was faced with an unbending player, uh, their best response is to offer a fair split, uh, thereby guaranteeing an equal payoff for all parties. In other words, fairness and cooperation can be cultivated and enforced by unwavering commitment to certain rules, uh, certain ways of of living. Uh, the unbending player or the rule-abiding player uh, cannot fully be tampered with. I don't know why I thought that was so fascinating, again, in the world of... Uh, the world of politics or the world of uh, some of the stuff we, we talk about in our society right now uh, and how uh, the Dartmouth study found that it was the only real way uh, to resist uh, some of those attempts to, to manipulate or to control other people in certain situations, uh, to just be uh, unwilling to bend on whatever it is are your, your principles, uh, more or less, is the way to say it. So there's, there's aspects of, of being, um, I don't even know if it's the right way to say it, like stubborn in certain ways or, or, you know, tied to principles deeply that would benefit you in situations where uh, you're trying to be taken advantage of. Uh, another couple quick things, uh, just some texts I've gotten in. Uh, Keith, OG Keith, uh, who's texting the show, thank you, sir, uh, said, you survived a wreck uh, just like me, uh, nine months in the hospital, six surgeries, three years off work, and you flew uh, into a small a grassy median when you got hit by your motorcycle. So same situation, somebody rear-ended you, and it wound up being a lot of time uh, with the doctor and a lot of time recovering. So I imagine, Keith, what you're telling me is just how lucky I am, that I should not buy uh, another motorcycle. I should not try to risk it again uh, because I, I somehow survived. and was Like, I went to work uh, that night. I remember I got in the motorcycle accident, motorcycle destroyed. Uh, the tow truck guy showed up and picked up my bike and brought it to the place. He's like, do you need a ride somewhere, like the hospital or something? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, if you can take me to my radio station, I, I'm doing a shift. And I don't even think we talked about it. I was just a producer, so I don't even think it came up. I might have mentioned it to the guy I was working with. But I think I was in like a haze uh, that whole night after it happened. I don't even think I realized how miraculous it was because uh, it's the only motorcycle I've ever owned and the only accident I was ever in. And the fact that I survived, flew through the sky and, and landed on my feet was just uh, maybe again, it's going back to the other thing. I was just thinking like, ah, I could do that again. It's just a thing I would do instinctively uh, next time. Uh, someone else sent me a message. My 91-year-old mom was a licensed pilot when she was young. Not many women did that back then. Uh, so your mom could easily land a plane. And actually, that's the gimmick in the audio that I found is the woman who first went viral doing this and saying that guys are so confident that a whole bunch of them think they can land a plane and they can't. Uh, she called somebody in her life. It's her dad, and her dad is a commercial airline pilot. So the actual joke was this guy really can uh, land a plane. Uh, but I guess other people have been doing it too, and maybe it's all just you know a joke and fake and, and whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. I found it pretty funny. Another text from OG Keith. You got another one. Uh, just be defensive. Uh, yeah, just be on the lookout. Just be safe. And actually, I guess this ties a little bit uh, to the, the introduction to this segment, to the whole uh, thing about what happened today on the streets in Peoria and traffic. And they were watching a whole crazy scene uh, play out uh, in our newsroom a little bit ago. Uh, definitely don't uh, drink and drive. Uh, but if you're driving a motorcycle, I would think even more so uh, the risk that you're putting into uh, into your just yourself even more so than other people on the roadway. Because if you're driving recklessly on a bike, you're you're incredibly likely uh, to wind up uh, injured for it. So that guy should probably feel pretty lucky uh, that he's he walked away fine, although actually got arrested and is going to have some other issues. Uh, but honestly, like it's it's just sort of, uh, yes, um, driving defensively, tremendously important. I remember one last thing I'll say about the motorcycle. 
is I was talking to a bunch of motorcycle friends I had made uh, right after I bought it, which is sort of cool that that happens. You meet people who have things that you have. And I was talking about how I wanted to wear headphones in my ears, like little earbuds, because I didn't have any music on my bike. And they're like, that's the stupidest thing we've ever heard a person say. You need to be able to hear on the roadways to drive defensive to keep yourself safe. And so I never did it. And I'm glad they told me not to, because it really would have been dumb. 